my dad was like the first person in his family to go to college. And that has like really maybe understand the like the importance of education. And that's why I like work so hard just, just to see like what I can achieve because I think that like education is something that really like can change a person's life. Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that explores how we can help make an impact on our nation's highest growing student demographic, multilingual learners. In this episode of Highest Aspirations, we feature one of our five Elevation Scholarship winners, Jesse Ding. Jesse graduated as the class valedictorian from Wilmington High School in Wilmington, Massachusetts. She is planning to study computer science at Carnegie Mellon University. In the future, she hopes to become a robotic software engineer and utilize her knowledge and expertise to program personalized assistive robots for those in need. Pretty amazing. As you'll hear in our conversation, Jessie is very appreciative of the teachers who helped forge her path, sometimes in really surprising ways. She also discusses how multilingual learners can excel in STEM classes and why it has been so important for her to give back to her community. We hope you enjoy this special episode with Jesse Ding. Jesse Ding, thank you so much for joining us on Highest Aspirations and congratulations on winning one of our five scholarships. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like really glad to be here. We're glad to have you. And I say to everybody, I don't, we don't interview enough students and, and having been, you know, a teacher for so long as part of my career, a high school teacher, I miss chatting with, uh, with, with students and, and young people who are getting ready to take their next step. So We'll get into that today and a lot more, but I want to start by talking a little bit about sort of your early years. Let's go back, take a walk down memory lane a little bit. And um, I know you were born in, in the U.S., um, but then you spent your first two years in China. Um, mm. And when you came back, you spoke primarily Mandarin. So yes. I know that was a long time ago, but but what was it like learning English in a pride? in a predominant, predominantly, you know, white community with just very little diversity? I'm familiar with where you're from. I grew up near you, so I know exactly <laughs> what it's like. Yeah, it's definitely like it was a challenge because like the culture as well as like the language was like so different from like what I was like used to. Um, so additionally, like like when I'm like at school or in like in my community, like, like playing soccer and all the like the community activities, um, definitely like there was like a difference between like how I spent my time with like my family and my parents at home. So it was definitely like challenge but also I think that like this is like what makes my childhood like my childhood because it was like the best of both worlds and I was able to enjoy like both sides of the cultures which is amazing yeah not always the case sometimes there can be conflict there but it sounds like you had a really nice balance and and a great family that we'll talk about later for sure um and, and then, you know, we, when we talked, it's just for everybody to know you and I chatted a little while ago for maybe about 20 or 30 minutes and um you mentioned that you had uh, an EL teacher who helped you place out of the EL program in the third grade. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Was it the third grade? Yeah. yeah, that was third grade. Um, and that same teacher helped you, told you about the Elevation Scholarship, which is great. We're thankful to that teacher, and, and I'm sure you are too. So talk to us about their influence um, on you uh, and, and what you'd like other teachers to know about what, what that particular teacher did um, so successfully. Um, like, so my teacher was, um, her name was McDonald and she was definitely like one of my favorite teachers, like when just like starting out in like, in my like English learning journey, because she has like compared, like, I remember like when I was in elementary school, like I had a different teacher every single year. 
Um, and it was like a new classroom and a new like group to get used to. And like my English learning teacher was like my, was consistent throughout my whole like process and journey of learning this new language at first. So I think that like the thing that I really liked about her and like the way that she really helped me was like how encouraging she was because like for each little step that I took and each milestone I broke, like she, she was like there with me all the time and she helped encourage me and make me feel strong in my skills. And I think that confidence is what really like helped me like push forward and like be at like where I am today, basically. Yeah. Really celebrating mm -hmm. those milestones, however small they may be, that encouragement I think is crucial as well. I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people who are listening. The other thing that you said though, and if you could expand on this, that'd be really interesting because I think it's an interesting choice of words. You said consistent. What, what, what do you mean by that? Like what made um, her, what part of her consistency made it sort of work for you as you, as you, you know, pursued your yeah. academic dreams? So I think that like um, definitely like a new environment and a new teacher is something that like is fun and fun and interesting. However, I feel like um, me and Miss McDonald's like dynamic really like mesh well together. Like through those years of like growing together and like learning together. So um, I feel I feel like she really got to know me as a student. I, I really understood like how to work with her as a teacher. So we really like understood each other's like strengths and weaknesses. And that really helped me like push forward in my like English learning journey. Yeah. And I love it how you mentioned that this is a dynamic situation, a collaborative mm -hmm. one. It's not just the student understanding you, I mean, the, excuse me, the teacher understanding you, but it's you understanding the teacher. And there's that bit of like vulnerability and getting to know you that doesn't oftentimes doesn't happen over the course of one academic year. would like to think it does. Um, and I sort of, I speak from experience there because there was a time in my teaching career that I, that I taught freshmen. And then I saw them again, junior year and senior year. And it was always so amazing to understand who those students mm -hmm. were and what, and they understood me. Um, and I, I hope that they'd say the same. I thought it was a really, <laughs> really unique and interesting perspective. As, and then when they graduated, it was always just so special. Um, so that's great. So shout out to Miss McDonald um, for, for having that influence on you. I'm glad you mentioned her name. I wasn't going to because I wasn't sure if you wanted me to, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, okay. So in, so in high school, you, you shifted over to kind of where you are now, which is like taking a lot of STEM classes. We're going to get into that in a little bit mm -hmm. because it's pretty impressive. You started a math club, a computer science club. You became involved in robotics competition, something that um, I think is going to be a part of what you're what you're going to tell us about your future. But what what factors inspired you uh, inspired your passion for for STEM? Um, you know, especially given that when, sort of when you started school, you know, I'm sure that some of the academic language must have been a little bit of a challenge for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I really liked like the problem solving aspect of like. STEM. And I think that like the logical thinking skills, like um, all the problems that like I took, like I like did like when during my cloud math classes and like just just like just like these activities in general, like really like draw me like towards like this passion because I, I'm always like up for a challenge. I feel like that like this aspect of STEM and like just like solving like little challenges and just trying to like create and engineer new things like and new algorithms and new innovations is like something that like really um, draws me towards this like uh, area of interest. And I think that that really like inspired me to like to pursue this like STEM instead of rather than like languages. Well, 
while I still appreciate like all the like the arts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciating something and then having a passion for it and going down that road are sometimes two different things. So it's totally mm-hmm. fair. Um, I know that it seems like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but by the time you got to a point where you were taking those really high level classes, it sounds like you had the language, that the academic language necessary to yeah. pursue those, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. And not all students do, um, whether they're uh, multilingual learners or English learners, or whether they're just kind of students who have been speaking English since they were younger, that, that, that can be very challenging, that academic vocabulary. I know it was for me, particularly um, in science classes. So my question is, I mean, I'd like to focus specifically on multilingual learners, but I guess it's more of a broad question. As someone who has been very successful in that field, based on what I've just said, um, and is going to kind of move forward in that field, I think you're in a position to give some advice now, if you don't, if you, if you, if you wouldn't mind doing it. What advice would you give to STEM teachers who are working with, um, particularly students who may not have that academic vocabulary necessary to fully engage? And those rigorous, you know, science and math and math courses. What what do you think that they? I know you're not a teacher and you're not an expert in this, but having having been through it, what do you think that's really important for them to to have? Um, I feel like for me to like really start learning a language, like whether it's like in the STEM area or um, a different setting, like maybe learn like in English or like just literature. I think that um, a very important aspect of it is like really like enjoying and like immersing your like the culture as well as like um, the environment of this language like for example like I think what really propelled me and like helped me become a better like to be more to achieve that proficiency like English and like as well as like well in my journey like learning Mandarin I think that um, reading and like like look really like immersing like into the culture, like the TV shows that you watch, as well as like different media that you consume is really important for how you like retain that language, because it's really about like how long you put yourself into that situation. Like, for example, like if I didn't like um, push myself to like keep on reading um, like those chapter books, like when I was little and like really enjoying myself in them, I think, I don't think I would be able to like achieve that proficiency, like that fast I guess because um I think that because I was like at home it was mostly an environment where I was speaking Mandarin with my parents Mm -hmm. you know reading has been a common denominator with all of the students I've spoken with this year (laughs) for for the scholarship winners it's really amazing Mm -hmm. um what what you all have in common is that you are all uh readers when you were when you were little um, and a few people have said, you know, I, I got I got involved in a very particular genre and that wasn't helpful for me because I didn't learn the other language until later. But everybody has also said that that early uh, exposure to reading and the love of reading has really been been helpful. And that's, you know, that's something that, um, you know, you really has to be inspired by your family because you're so young at that point that um, sometimes it happens before, you know, you at least the initial exposure to books. The follow up question there, because you were, you were talking about uh, learning a language and being exposed to it and, and being, um, uh, you know, having the culture immersed in it as well, which I, as, as a former language teacher, I, I know is very important. And it got me thinking, do you, do you think that, do you see, and it's okay to say no, I'm, I'm just curious what you think. Do you think that there's similarities between learning a language and learning what you need to learn to be involved in something like robotics and STEM in terms of both like putting yourself in that context and understanding what that culture is like. Is there a comparison there in your mind or no? Um, I think like really getting exposed to it is a lot of work, 
Um, so I'm like, I like to like, I'm also like really into computer science. So I feel like there are some similarities like in like learning a new language as well as like, like learning a new programming language. So that's, that was like quite interesting in my experience. So I think that like, like really understanding like the grammar as well, like the syntax of a, like a, of a new language is like, you have to keep on exposing yourself to it and just getting used to like all the like little tricks and like the little techniques that you have to like become proficient in this area. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned computer science. I'm thinking about, um, and I don't remember where I read it or where I saw it, but there, but there are some school districts and there is some research out there that <laughs> seems to point to um, the benefits of offering computer science in place of a language, particularly for students who are really into STEM, but maybe not really too much into humanities. So interesting food for thought there, because um, that <laughs> certainly is a language of its own and one that for the record, I have a hard time understanding. Luckily, there are people at our organization who are way better at that than I am. Um, okay, I want to shift over. So we talked a little bit about your childhood and your school and, and a little bit about your family. But you, I learned when we chatted last that you also place a lot of value on giving back to, to your community, which um, I think is great. So t talk with us about why you think that's so important um, for young people and, and, and what you've done specifically uh, to give back to your own community. Um, so definitely like giving back to the community is, I feel like, like in a way it's like, it's, it's great for both the individual as well as the community. Like, obviously, like if you're giving back to the community, I'm sure that like the community appreciates like for like what you do and how you're like, um, contributing. And as an individual, I feel like it has helped me like grown more as a person and, like gain new skills on how to like interact with more, like the people in my community. And um, so for like the past, like, like 10 years or so, like I've been like, um, like work, like working with like Beyond Tops, which is like a local nonprofit organization, which works with like children with special needs. And I think that that really has helped me like meeting new people and just like working with like people from a lot of different backgrounds and different different abilities. And that's like a very rewarding experience for me. That's great. And I just want to like point to what you said at the beginning, which I think is so crucial. I mean, it's, of course, it's good for the community. That's the whole intent. But, uh, you know, you, you, you also highlighted that's good for the individual as well. And I think that's really important for people to know, because I think it is a win-win. It's one of those things where uh, both parties are going to gain something um, from it. And certainly that's been the case, the case with you. Um, so you're a very, been a very involved student, both academically and outside of, of school in your community. Um, and then things kind of got crazy about a year and a half ago. So I, I have to ask you, having been so active in everything and, and having this strange junior or part of junior and your full senior year, what, what was it like to do everything that you did in the midst of this global pandemic? And, and was there something that you learned from facing all this adversity that you hope to carry with you? Yeah, so I definitely like would say that I'm like very fortunate that my family and I were safe during the pandemic and we were able to like um like get through this pandemic with like um just like everyone like not contracting like the disease. So that was definitely something very fortunate for us. Um however, I think that it's like overall it's definitely like been a challenge for us like I'm sure as well with like, like a lot of people, like even like this teachers and students, like 
I know like some teachers who were very, who had to like adapt with like the tools that they used. And it was definitely like an interesting experience. I'll just say like with all the like the Zoom meetings and like Google Meets that we had to like use during the beginning of the year. Um, so I would say that like this like pandemic has like helped me like understand like what I want with and how I should like like use, utilize my time because there was there has been like so much more time that um, I was able to take advantage of like during at home like quarantine and like all the time I've like spent with my family like has made me understand what, like how to prioritize like what I actually want and like just like really appreciate the like the little moments like I've spent in like with my friends at school as well as like with the teachers and it has like made me like appreciate like the personal connections I've made. Yeah, that's very well said. I, I, it's one thing that, um, yeah, that time factor can be, it can be really beneficial if you use it wisely, but I know, you know, for some, it can be very difficult, right. Who have, mm -hmm. there are people who have a hard time sort of filling their time or perhaps aren't, haven't really found their calling for lack of a better term and aren't really sure what to do with that. So it's, it's good. You mentioned that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens as we kind of move forward here. But I think that a lot of us have, have learned, um, certainly we've, we've, we've faced everything with a different perspective and, and that I think at moving forward as things begin to normalize or whatever the new normal is, um, hopefully taking that with us will, will be a help for everybody. Um, so let's talk about your future. Cause that's the next step here. You're, you're planning to study computer science at Carnegie Mellon university, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we can help you a little bit with that. And in the future, you've told me that you hope to become a robotic software engineer and utilize your knowledge and expertise to program personalized assistive, assistive robots for those in need. Those are your words, not mine. I would have no, I have no <laughs> idea what that even means, but it sounds amazing. So tell us more about that because I think that's, that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. So I feel like um, definitely like for me, like my biggest passions are like in STEM, um, like which includes like robotics as well as like um, just like computer science in general. And additionally, like, I think that it's like important to utilize like your like knowledge and your expertise to like do something that will like actually help like society. Like, and I like, as I mentioned before, I've been like volunteering for a really long time with like Beyond Tops. And I feel like just like really understanding and um, immersing myself in that community, like has helped me like understand like what I want to do at well at this stage um, and I really hope that I can utilize like like I hope to build on my knowledge in like robotics as well as computer science and hopefully like become like a robotics software engineer like and just like help people like just by creating like those like innovations <laughs> because I think that like that's what like technology is like primarily like supposed to be made for. Yeah. Before I ask my next question, because I'm mm -hmm. just still curious about a part of this, um, I just, I'd be remiss to say that it's, it's amazing how all of your experiences up to this point, it's kind of culminate in what you're trying to do. So I, I think it's pretty impressive that you've taken sort of all the experiences that you've had in your life, both academically and in your community to kind of figure out a little niche that you can go down to, to kind of cover all of those bases, which is amazing. But what I have to, I have to ask you this because I, I can't visualize it. Give me an example of what a personalized assistive robot is. Like, what what does it look like? What does it do? Because what I'm picturing in my head, I won't even explain. It's probably way off, and I'd love to hear your vision of it. 
we like we have technology around us every single day and that's like has helped our lives become so much better and i think that like assistive robots like it's a very general term and gen- like and it like has a like obviously like there's not like a single robot like probably like has every single function for like like ha- helping every single but i feel like in the future i want to like be able to program like different robots for different functions and like maybe like there's like a robot that will help someone like 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 observe their risk surroundings and help them like maneuver around without like having to rely on other people because i feel like independence is really important like whether um like wherever you are and i think that i hope to like be able to give people those that independence like even like with what kind of abilities they have got it I was looking for like a, a visual of what it is. And I, while I, while I kind of have one, I think the more important piece is what you just mentioned, like the goal of it, like what, what you're, what you're hoping to accomplish with that. And it sounds like what that is, is helping people who, um, you know, may have some sort of issue and you, you said getting around or whatever the case may be achieve independence, which I think is a worthwhile an amazing goal. So I'll check back in about five or 10 years and we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happened. We'll put it on the calendar. All right. uh, One more question for you, Jesse. This is a question I ask everybody who comes on and I'm curious to hear what you have to say. So I I like to ask if there's a a book or a film or any other resource can be anything at all that Mm -hmm. has had an important influence on you um, either personally or professionally that you'd like to share with everybody that's listening. Um, So I definitely think that my parents are like my greatest like influence as well as like motivation, Um, like throughout my like journeys thus far, because like what they've done has really like inspired me to like pursue what I want and um, really work hard for my education because my parents, like they've, they're, they are immigrants and they've come from, they came from China. And I think that um, their education has has what is what mainly like led them to uh, change their lives and like become like to like, Sorry for like not being to like word this immediately, but they have like been able to like change my life and like their lives as well as as well as like the direction that they're taking by pursuing education. Because um, my dad was like the first person in his family to go to college, and that has like really maybe understand the, like the importance of education, and that's why I like work so hard in like all my homework and all, all my assignments. It's just like just just to see like what I can achieve by myself because I think that like education is something that really like can change a person's life and it can like legit like um, pursue like any passion from like using like your education. It's like a life changer and like it can like change like your social status and everything beyond that. What a great lesson. And it's, uh, it's just so influential and important that you have you know, people in your home that have taken care of you in a variety of ways that are examples of what education can do. And I think that is as good of a place, um, as, as any to end it, Jesse, what a, what an amazing mm-hmm. tribute. Um, so just to, to wrap up here, I, I can't tell you on behalf of everybody here at elevation, congratulations on all your su- success. We wish you nothing but the best. And we're so happy to be able to help you in, in some small way in your journey. Um, and as I said, I will be back in touch uh, to learn more about those future 
assistive uh, robots that you'll be creating <laughs> over the next few years. No pressure though. But thank you so much for joining us. It's really been fun to talk with you. No, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.